God's Word is given to us. Our sermon scripture is found in Isaiah 40, verses 9 through 11, as Pastor Andrew continues our series in Isaiah 40. Listen to these words. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those that are with the young. The word of our Lord. Please pray with me. Father God, we pray that our hearts and our minds and our wills would be renewed and affected by the preaching of your word and the work of your spirit this morning. I pray that you would use Pastor Andrew and give him, Lord, the grace, the wisdom, the humility, and the clarity that he needs to deliver your truth. And likewise, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would remove any distractions in our hearts and minds and give us a willingness and ability to truly hear and understand and reflect on your word. We pray all these things in your name alone. Amen. Please be seated. I don't uh, claim to be any type of expert when it comes to telescopes, either the spyglass variety or the kind that you look in and gaze at the celestial, I don't know, the celestial whatever, <laughs> the celestial skies. Uh, but I do know this, it matters which side you're looking through. Uh, the one side you look through and things seem bigger and they come a lot closer. If you flip that thing around, what happens? Things become smaller and they're a lot further away. One writer said this, uh, someone has defined circumstances, uh, the circumstances of of our lives as those nasty things that you see when you get your eyes off God. If you look at God through your circumstances, he will seem small and very far away. But if you, by faith, look at your circumstances through God, he will draw very near and he will reveal his greatness to you. This morning we come to Isaiah 40 and, and verse 9 uh, the message that the prophet is delivering to the people and, and the message then that he is encouraging the people to deliver to the rest of the people is behold your God. Look at your God. Make sure that you are seeing him and not just seeing him with the eyes. You know, we talk about behold. It's not just simply look uh, or see. It's, it's behold with your heart. Grasp, understand, acknowledge, surrender to your God. Uh, this is the place that Isaiah starts. This is the place that, that God calls them to start in terms of dealing with walking through 
understanding their lives in the midst of the moment, understanding their circumstances, uh, understanding them, their circumstances are right by means of looking at their circumstances through God and not the other way around. And, and I think that this is just such a, such a message for us today, and we're going to kind of explore this in a couple of different ways this morning, but you know, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of cultural explosions, just in the middle of, of normal life when we're dealing with uh, the ups and downs, sicknesses, school, tests, exams, all of these different things, are, are, we can get sort of out of perspective with God. God can become very tiny, uh, and, and He is not. Uh, and He wants us to behold Him in that way. So, Two things for us this morning. One is the merciful message. We'll, we'll start there. When, when Isaiah is, is calling on the people to behold their God, what is he inviting them to see? Uh, and then secondly, the command that once we, once we see that, the call, the invitation, the imperative is to be heralds of that good news, to herald it on high, to, to shout it from the mountaintops, so to speak. So, those are our, our two ways that we're going to walk through this. So, behold your God, the merciful message. Uh, again, it, it's striking that this is the thing that, that Isaiah is commanded to, to proclaim, behold your God. The, I, I say it's striking because we often want to start much more anthropocentrically. In fact, I remember maybe 10, 20 years ago, there was what are you laughing at? Anthropocentric. We want to start with ourselves, right? We want to start. We don't want to talk about God out there. We we want to start with ourselves. Uh, I remember 10, 20 years ago, e even with regards to uh, to ministry, they would talk about felt needs. Uh, you know, connecting with people's felt needs. And it's not that we don't have these things or that we can't acknowledge them, but we have to get beyond that. And, and that is what. And, and that's what what we're being encouraged to here. Behold your God. Like, your stuff doesn't just end with the ozone. Uh, your stuff of life it goes out into the cosmic sphere, and the cosmic sphere speaks into your stuff of life. And what do we get when we behold our God? Well, there, there's three things here that Isaiah highlights for us. The first thing is that God is, is mighty, or if you want to use uh, a T, God is tough, right? Uh, behold, He comes with might. Um, the Lord comes with might and His arm rules for Him. God is strong. God is mighty. God is able to handle all of the things that we are going through at this particular time. God is able to handle uh, everything that we could bring to Him, no matter how extreme it is. Uh, and we feel that way. We in the middle of this pandemic, we, you know, we, we pray, we walk through this. Can God handle this? Has this somehow come out of uh, control? We think about, uh, you know, when we walk through those depression cycles, can God handle this? Can God deal with uh, the deepness of the despair that I feel right now? Can God handle that? We feel that as we age or uh, as we're in the middle ages of life and our work is present 
pressing in on us and our family is pressing in on us. Can God handle these things? But He comes with might. He comes with strength. He comes with power. And it's His arm, notice, it's His arm that works salvation for Him. He's not dependent on the arm of anybody else. It's His arm. God is, as our catechism uh, says, He's able to defeat all of His and our enemies. We have a mighty God. And it's important for us to remember that. Again, our circumstances can seem so big and God can seem so tiny. Uh, And and so the prophet comes to us and says, behold your God. He's mighty. He's mighty. His arm is working salvation for him. But he's not just mighty, he's also tender. This is a theme that the prophet has already taken up in chapter 40, the very beginning of the, of the chapter. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity has been pardoned. God comes to us not just simply as a, uh, a bald, mighty uh, person. <laughs> I don't mean bald in terms of head. I mean, uh, you know, only mighty person. I'm getting it all over the place this morning. Uh, but God comes to us in terms of, of His tenderness. And we see that here in verse 11, right? Sung so beautifully for us by, by Sarah. He will tend His flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in His arms. He'll carry them in His bosom. He'll gently lead those that are with young. This is just such a message that Isaiah has. You know, the, the faintly burning wick. He will not stuff out. The, the bruised reed, uh, he will not break. There's such a tenderness to our God as he comes into our lives. It's really highlighted by this uh, imagery of sheep and a shepherd. Of course, this is imagery that is used of God. David uses it in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. You see his toughness there as he protects us from our enemies, walks through the valley of the shadow of death with us, but you also see his tenderness and that he feeds us and he prepares this table. You have that picture of God. Jesus says, I I am the good shepherd. Uh, I lay down my life for the sheep. There is a protection there that uh, he has for us. But there is also um, a a tenderness that he has. My sheep know me, and I I know them. There's a real personalness in Jesus and his ministry as the shepherd. There's a couple of things just about sheep and shepherds that I think are worth highlighting. You know, on the one hand, when God says, I'm the shepherd, you are the sheep, it's not an entirely flattering thing. Uh, you know, out of all the animals in the world, uh, sheep make maybe the top ten in terms of most helpless. Uh, they, they just, they, they have nothing. You know, horses can run away. You know, dogs can bark. I mean, what? There, there's just a variety of things that animals can do to care for themselves, protect themselves. Sheep, they, they get lost, they, you know, if they fall over, they need somebody to pick them up. I mean, they, they're not that smart. They just, they're very helpless animals. And, and that's intentional on God's part. You know, he wants us to remember that behold your God, behold the shepherd, because you need me. 
Uh, we, we forget that. We, we think that we can do without God, but God wants us to remember that we need Him, that we're dependent, and that that's okay because God cherishes us. And that's really the second thing about sheep. Sheep are helpless, uh, but sheep are also precious. Uh, you know, the shepherd, the owners of the flocks, that's their, that's their money. That's their investment. They don't have their, their money somewhere else in a bank. It, it is the sheep. Every part of that sheep, it's the, the, the mutton, the wool, it, it, it's all of this. That, that is their investment. That's why the shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep because the sheep are dearly, dearly precious to them. And part of what Isaiah is saying here is understand that you uh, come to a God who is mighty, uh, but you also come to a God who is tender and loving because He delights in you. And we really see this with the third thing that we see here is that God is, is tough, tender, and He's personal. He's personal. Behold your God. Isaiah, the prophet says, like, God is somehow connected to you. Uh, there, there is a bonding between you and God. And we really see that at the end here of verse 10 where he says, behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Now, I don't know what you think of when you hear recompense. You remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about he pays us double for our iniquity, and I said that seems sort of negative, but it was actually really positive. Uh, it was the fact that God pays for sins that we don't even realize, and so, you know, it feels negative. I feel like recompense just feels really negative. I, I see, you know, my mom coming after me with a paddle. Uh, <laughs> I'm bringing your recompense right now. Uh, so, but it's actually quite different than that, and that's part of the reason why we had Isaiah 62 as our declaration of forgiveness. So if you look at that in your bulletin, uh, notice how it works here. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. So we know a little bit about Hebrew, right? And Hebrew uses this parallelism. So when it says uh, his salvation is coming, and then it talks about his reward and recompense, we know that this is positive. You know, this, this is not a negative thing at all. This is, this is very positive, and it's wrapped up with our salvation. It's wrapped up with belonging to God. And then he goes even further in verse 12, and they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. This is really amazing. This is the deep personal connection that God has with His people. Uh, as He brings His reward and recompense, He, he gives us a new identity. It's, it's the idea of adoption here that He brings us into His family and, and He names us, you know, the holy people, the redeemed ones, sought out, not forsaken. It's just where we are apart from God. Apart from God, we're the outcasts, we're the forsaken. But God says, that's not who you are anymore. 
the, the reward, the recompense that I'm bringing is that I am connecting myself to you. I'm giving you a name you are delighted in. And part of the reason is, is that the shepherd has become the lamb. Behold the lamb of God, we read a little bit earlier, that takes away the sin of the world. As Jesus laid down his life for his sheep, when he became the lamb, the one who was precious in God's sight, uh, we were brought into this relationship, given this name. I just love that, sought out, not forsaken. I, I know for my own heart sometimes, I, I have a hard time uh, believing that. You know, uh, part of it, I think one writer put it this way, we have such a strong disapproval gland as humans um, yeah, we, we easily uh, pick out the things that, that people are doing wrong or the ways that they disappoint us, and we just imagine that God is that way uh, because that's the way that, that we are. Uh, but what if, it, what if it were very different? What if we could see that God was actually delighted in us in a way that, that we, we couldn't comprehend? Ran across a story, uh, Gregory Boyle tells a story in a book called Tattoos of the Heart. Uh, it's a story of his uh, ministry among the gang population in Los Angeles in the late 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Uh, and he's just got a lot of really good stories in there about how the gospel is making inroads in these places that are just so tough, so wrecked, so broken. And, and this story is actually a story that his mentor, Bill Kane, tells about the time that he ministered to his father. He took a leave of absence from work. His father was dying of cancer. Uh, his body was wrecked. It was weak. It was frail. But his mind was very strong. And so every night, Bill would put his father to bed, and, uh, and he would read to them. You know, it's that role reversal that happens so often uh, between kids and parents as their parents age, and you know, Bill's father used to read to him, and so uh, Bill would read these novels to his father, uh, but it was always at the end of the day, and Bill was tired, he was ready to get on, decompress, you know, he'd been serving all of this, and his dad just wouldn't go to sleep. Uh, his dad would just lay there in the bed, alert, bright-eyed, smiling at his son. And so Bill, in exasperation, would say, Dad, can we, can we just go to sleep? And his dad would nod and close his eyes. But then he would pop one open again, and, and he would just gaze at his son. And, and Bill would say, Dad, come on, close your eyes. And he'd close them for a little while, and the other eye would pop open and after his dad passed away, Bill was just reflecting on these nightly rituals. And, and he came to the conclusion that, his, uh, that this ritual, this, this nightly way that this played out was the story of a dad that was just delighted in his son. He was delighted with his child and he, and he couldn't keep his eye off of him. How much more so God, who loves his children, how much more so God, who not only calls us to behold him, but to behold him beholding us. 
Isn't that a marvelous thing to think about? Isn't that, that wonderful? God, God says, this is who I am. I'm this God who is mighty and is strong. I am this God who gently takes you up into my bosom, wraps you in my arm. I am this God who has named you and has taken the outcast and made you somebody. I am beholding you with absolute delight. Will you behold me beholding you? And, and once you really understand that, once we become characters in that story, uh, God calls us to be carriers of that story. And that's really the second thing. We, we see the, the, the merciful message, but then we realize that it's too good a news to keep to ourselves. Uh, it's something that needs to be heralded on high, and, and that's what Isaiah is saying. He's saying to the people of Israel, and remember, this comes, you know, in multi-levels of context. You've got the people of Israel in Isaiah's day during the time of Hezekiah when the Assyrians were pressing them. You've got the people of Israel who are in exile in Babylon who have dug out Isaiah's writings and they are reminding themselves of what Isaiah is saying. You have the, the people of Israel who are coming home from exile and they are now going up into Jerusalem and Isaiah is saying to them, go up into a high mountain and say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. You know, tell this good news. I mean, once you understand how God has led you through the time of exile, once you understand how God has delivered you, how God has taken something that was not anything and made it precious, once you understand those things, it's such good news and we don't want to keep it to ourselves. It's interesting here, this phrase, good news. Uh, is, is the word literally that we have gospel. Uh, Jesus came as a proclaimer of the good news. Uh, we see that throughout the, the gospel accounts. It's the first time in the Old Testament that this is used with regards to the works of God. There are other places in the Old Testament where we see that. Usually it has to do with a war ending or something like that, just on a human level. But here Isaiah uses it like this is, this is what it means to behold your God. This is, this is good news, great tidings, great joy that shall be for all the people, the angels said, when Jesus was born. There are three things here just to note uh, about this heralding of the good news. Um, the first is this. It, it starts with one another. Uh, the prophet says, go up into these high places to the mountains and say to Judah, Behold your God. So these were the Israelites coming back out of exile, uh, and they are to say to the outlying towns of Judah, Behold your God. He, here's what I think is important about that is it starts with us. It starts with God's people. If you're here this morning and you're, you're one of God's people, uh, the, the invitation is to encourage one another with the gospel. Why? Because we need it. <laughs> I was reminded of that this week. We had our staff meeting. We do it via Zoom these days, and so we had our Hollywood squares of, you know, 12 different people uh, on the Zoom call, and uh, I, I asked, you know, give me two words that sort of describe how you're feeling 
right now. And the list uh, was something like this, weary, discouraged, scared, overwhelmed, stretched, searching, um, challenged. Uh, those were the words of the staff people, and, and, and I got it because one of those words was mine. Like, I, I was feeling that way as well. Now, there are other more hopeful words. I mean, we, there was resting and hopeful and different things like that. We don't need major counseling, all of us, right now. Uh, but, but there is that sense of discouragement and stretching. And uh, this has just been a, a tough year. Uh, and life is tough overall. And we need to encourage one another with the good news of the gospel. Uh, to take that opportunity to preach the gospel to one another, to remind people of a God who is mighty, who is way bigger than our circumstances, to remind uh, one another of the heart of God that is delighted in His people, to remind one another that, that we are not who we were. We, we've been made new, that we have this identity. There is a, a strength that is inherent in us that wasn't there before. Gossiping the gospel one with another is really important. It's why we encourage things like Bible studies and small groups. And, you know, it's why we, we miss it when we can't come together and we can't speak these words of encouragement to one another. We, we know that we need this. Of course, it doesn't stop there. It's not just for one another. It's also to the ends of the earth. You remember Acts 1.8 takes this up and it says, you're to preach the gospel to Judah uh, and then Samaria and then the ends of the earth. Uh, and, and this is the call. Our, our proclamation, the good news that we've been given, that we are containers of, is to go to the ends of the earth, both organizationally uh, as well as organically. You know, organizationally, churches, we're, we're called to be engaged in missions around the world and to support the work of missions, Advent offerings, different things like that. Uh, we are called to programmatically think about how are we going to reach our city? You know, how are we going to be an impact? This isn't just a, if you build it, they will come type thing. This is, you know, going out. This is being uh, God's voice in the city. Uh, but organically as well, the places that God gives you. Uh, how is God calling you to be a herald of the good news in the place where you are? The second thing that I'll, I'll just note about that, in, I've already alluded to it, is that not only is it one another, but the ends of the earth, and it's to be obvious. You know, the prophet says, go up into the high mountain. Get yourself up into a high place. Don't keep it in a corner. Uh, don't sort of unobtrusively say, I'll live my life in such a way that people will ask me uh, uh, about the God that I serve. Now, that's to be part of it, right? First Peter uh, tells us that. But, but here, Isaiah is saying, be intentional. Make it obvious. Get yourself into a high place 
symbolically speaking, uh, in your world so that you can proclaim, that you can herald the good news of who God is in your life. Now, what does that look like for you and me? Uh, again, organizationally, we have some responsibility for that. You know, we, we have to connect. Our mission team works hard, and if you're interested in that, you're always invited to be part of it. They work hard to connect and be strategic and thoughtful about the places that, that we want to proclaim and herald the good news, ways that we can do that best as a congregation. But I think, you know, for us as well, just the, on the organic personal side, there, there's a responsibility to, to be strategic and to be thoughtful and to be somewhat obvious about that. Uh, recently was talking with uh, a family here. They moved into a new neighborhood. They talked about going around and giving uh, just a a card with their name and telephone numbers on it to their neighbors and saying, hey, if you need anything, give us a call. Uh, we'll be happy to, to engage with you. There's an intentionality to that. It's not literally a high place, but it's putting yourself out there, allowing yourself to be seen. Uh, maybe you find a creative way to, to throw a Christmas mingle uh, outside, you know, get yourself a solo stove, invite all the neighbor over and, and, and mull some cider and, and enjoy company with one another. But there's an intentionality about our lives. You guys are way more creative than I, will, I am. Uh, we can share some of these ideas. We can encourage one another with them. But this is what this is what Isaiah is saying. Like when you become a container for the gospel, you can't contain it within yourself. You've got to let it go. You've got to be a carrier. You've got to take it to another place. The third thing that he says here with regards to this is that he will help us overcome the obstacles. Because we listen to it and, you know, we listen to it through our circumstances, weary, discouraged, stretched, challenged, and we think, how can I do that? But, but God says, go up into the mountain and do it with strength. You know, do it with strength, do it with some power, with some vigor, you know, speak the words of God. Where does that strength come from? Well, He, he gives it to us. Later on in Isaiah, He gives us this picture of this fountain uh, that, that, is, that is overflowing, but it never runs out of water because it's fed by a spring underneath. And I just love that picture. I, I think about that because, you know, I feel expended at times, ministering with you in our neighborhood, different places. You feel expended, but the promise is, is that you've got this spring underneath you that is continuing to feed you. Like you're never going to run out of strength because God's resources are inexhaustible. And, and in their inexhaustibility <laughs> comes our strength. And so God says, you have the obstacle of being weary. Let me help you overcome that. And that's where we're going at the end of this chapter. You know, you shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not be faint. You're going to mount on wings like eagles, God says. Uh, so though you are exhausted, you will be exalted. And, and that's God's promise to us with regards to the obstacle of weariness. But then there's that other obstacle of fear. You know, God says, fear not. And, and we, we really are afraid, aren't we? Uh, afraid that 
I don't know what your fears are for me. It's, it's, it's along these lines. Like, I, I'm afraid that behold your God is just too trite. Like, it, it sounds too spiritual. Like, you, you're dealing with all of this stuff in life, and, and you want me to go tell him, behold your God? I'm going to get laughed out of the room. That doesn't seem very scientific. It doesn't seem very educated. It just seems sort of pithy, <laughs> superstitious, and uh, what, it, what is that? We, we have those kind of fears. You know, we, we fear that we're not going to be PC, that we're not going to be relevant. We fear that we're going to be laughed out of the room, or maybe at an even deeper level, we fear that if I go to you and I really say, behold, this is the God that I believe in, this is the God that I believe has transformed my life, and then it doesn't transform your life, what does that say about my God? What does that say about my relationship? My, my point is this, I, and I don't know what your fears are. Maybe I'm way off the mark uh, with some of those things. Uh, but the point is, is that God says, do not be afraid, for I will be with you. I am walking with you every step along the way. Maybe you're afraid that I won't have the words to say. I'm not very smart. I don't have an MDiv. I don't understand apologetics. I don't even know how to spell apologetics. But God says, I will give you the words to say. I will give you the words to say, and I will go before you. I love this picture, right? Just God who is delighting in us, who is powerful, who's mighty to save. And he says, I've, I've given you this. Now go. Go tell it on a mountain. Go herald it, the good news, because this, this is what people need right now. This is what people need to behold their God. Boyle sort of concludes some of his observations about God. He says this, God seems to be an unwilling participant in our efforts to pigeonhole him and make him tiny. The minute we think we've arrived at the most expansive sense of who God is, this great wild God, he breaks through the claustrophobia of our own articulation and things get large again. That's my prayer, is that for just a minute today, God would be getting larger, and you would be willing to surrender and to throw yourself on the largeness of the God who loves you. Behold Him beholding you. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this word. We ask that you would weave it deep into our hearts. May it connect to every sinew, every nerve ending. May everything about us uh, be speaking of uh, the goodness of a God who we are invited to behold even as you behold us. Father, we pray that you would uh, use our tongues, our, our loosened tongues employ. Uh, Lord, we pray that we would be able to find those places, lead them to us, or, or lead us to them. Father, we, we pray that. This week, I, I would pray for the 80 or 90 of us gathered here today, that you would create opportunities for us, uh, and that we would be sensitive to the places where you are opening doors for us to herald the good news. 
Father, we thank you for your care for us. Pray for any of those that do not know you uh, in this way that we've talked about this morning. We ask that you would not let them rest until they are able to find the, the answers to their questions and they're able to find their rest in you. For you are truly gentle and lowly in heart and, and, and it's in you that we find rest for our souls. We pray all of these things, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.